0: Welcome to the Crosslands Church Podcast. Our mission, to help you experience the life with God you've been missing. And now, a message for you. So there was a a, a flight that was flying from Glasgow, Scotland. A short flight, small plane, travelling west to the Outer Hebrides. Small islands that are west of Scotland. And it had about 55 passengers on, on board. And it actually ended up leaving about 30 minutes late. But when it got to the town that it was flying to a small town called Benbecula in in the Outer Hebrides it circled the airport over top before landing and and everybody that that came to pick up they were already there waiting because the flight was late and they just sat waited for the people, that were, the passengers they were pick up as the thing just just circled and circled, and people got more and more upset. And this outrage was building. Why isn't this plane landing? It was the only plane coming in, and they're just waiting for the plane to land so they could bring their their people home. And it turned out the reason the plane la- wasn't landing because the air traffic controller was on a lunch break, and he couldn't guide the plane in until his lunch break was done. And everybody was really upset about it. And what turned what ended up happening is that the officials at the airport. Uh, mentioned to the newspaper the next week that they only had one air traffic controller and he needed his lunch break. And so they were really, really understaffed and everybody was just sitting, waiting. I know what that's like. In 1990, I was on a mission trip to Argentina. It was the first overseas mission trip I ever took. And, and we flew from Toronto to LaGuardia. We had to race across New York City to JFK and we were gonna leave from JFK to, to fly down to, um, was it, somewhere in Florida. Tampa Bay or something like that, and then from there to Rio, and then from there, finally, to Argentina. But the weather was bad in JFK, and we sat on the airport runway for about two or three hours. And because of federal regulations, all kinds of flight regulations, they couldn't serve anything. They couldn't serve any food, couldn't serve any drink. We just sat there for two or three hours, which is is pretty bad. It's not as bad as the friend that I have that was actually flying home from a mission stint in Africa and sat on the Heathrow airport runway for 10 hours in a plane with two very young children. Why do I mention that? Sometimes it feels like our lives are in a holding pattern. Here we are in the pandemic. Things are opening up, then they're closing, then they're opening up, then they're closing, and we we don't know what's going on. It feels like we're on hold. When the pandemic first started, I knew people that had travel plans and the, the government started you know, shutting down opportunities for travel, and they were calling the travel agencies to, to cancel vacations and try to get a refund. And, and at least one person I know was on hold with a travel agency for four or five hours, and it got till about five o'clock, and office hours ended, and they were hung up on, and they had to start all over again the next day, not knowing whether they could ever get their money back. This is what it feels like right now, life in a holding pattern. We're frustrated. Our plans are hampered. We face confusion as as we face the unknown. In this context, I want to repeat the verse that Wade started the service with today. It was Ephesians 6.13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. In in a more traditional translation, instead of you will be standing firm, the words are having done all to stand. Having done all. Stand. We are in a spiritual battle. There's a reality behind our physical, tangible experience. Last week we talked about throwing our anchor forward through the veil to what we can't see. Anticipating the future, anticipating the coming kingdom to not lose ground. Throw your anchor forward and hang on. Hang on to the hope that God has for us. What is this hope? His kingdom is coming. Not only is his kingdom coming, not only will he rescue us from all evil and pain and anxiety... But he will also, in the coming kingdom, all of our pains, all of our frustrations will bear fruit in the coming kingdom. Everything that is done in Jesus' name, everything that is done on his behalf, the suffering we go through in his name. Not the suffering we bring on ourselves because of immaturity or wrong choices. But everything that is done as a follower of Jesus, in faith to him, will be redeemed for something positive in the kingdom to come. Nothing wasted. There was a, a pilot and he was flying his first plane load of passengers, again small plane, and he was on their way to the destination, all of a sudden the rudder stuck, and so he, he, he radioed into the control tower in a panic and he said, my rudder has malfunctioned, what do I do? And the air traffic controller radioed back, keep calm captain, just repeat after me, wings flap, check, velocity, check, altitude, check, and the pilot Checked everything, made the appropriate adjustments, and he, and he kept on going on his course. But about five minutes later, his starboard engine stalled. And so almost in a panic again, he radioed the control tower and said, the, the starboard engine has stalled. What do I do? And the air traffic controller called back. And he, and he said, keep calm, Captain. Just repeat after me. Wings flap, check. Velocity, check. Altitude, check. And so the pilot took a deep breath. and. He, calmed down again, made whatever adjustments he needed to make, and, and, and kept on going, and, and, and the aircraft kept on going in a straight line. But it five minutes later, he shouted again, he radioed on, mayday, mayday, both engines are gone, what do I do? And the air traffic controller, he called back and he said, keep calm, Captain, just repeat after me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay, that's not a true story, it's just a joke. But when you've done all, we're required to stand, and sometimes we face the pressure, especially in our Christian life, to constantly be moving forward. We face a, an onslaught in a in a spiritual battle, and when we have done all, all we're called to do is to stand. I want to uh, pay attention to a little bit a, a different portion of Scripture. In the Book of Revelation, we did a series on Revelation uh, quite a few years ago. But in the beginning of the book, there are, there are sort of sub letters. Book of Revelation is a letter. Uh, written in the first century, but there were subletters that were written to seven different churches. And um, if, you, if you've if you read through the Bible, if you've heard sermons on Revelation, you know, some of the names, they start to sound familiar after a while. Some of them are familiar for the wrong reasons, like Philadelphia sounds like Philadelphia here. Of course, there's Laodicea, the lukewarm church, and Smyrna, and Sardis, and, and um, Ephesus, of course. But one of the ones I think that gets forgotten, I, I, I kind of feel sorry for this church, and, and this is the church of Thyatira. It's the one everybody forgets about it. I know I do. Thyatira uh, would be in present-day Turkey. In fact, there's a city there today uh, called Akhaisar, and I apologize now for probably pronouncing that way wrong. And and this church uh, went through struggles, but they weren't facing the persecutions like other churches were. And and I find that, in some ways, there there are parallels to each of these seven churches to the church in North America, but, but this church reminds me of what we're facing today. Struggles in two ways. Cultural pressure, but not persecution. I know some people think we're being persecuted. Um, we're not. And, and, and to, if, if you believe that, you really have to look at other countries in the world where real persecution is happening. Some countries in Africa, in the Middle East, in, in China, where to, to be a follower of Jesus, if that became known, it could mean imprisonment or death or a, 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 a re-education camp or something like that. It, it's, it's really horrifying stuff. As much as we are struggling today as followers of Jesus, we're struggling the same amount as pretty well everybody else in our culture. So we're not specifically being persecuted as a follower of Jesus, although we have our struggles. And and so that was one of the struggles, and I'll tell you the second one in a second. The first verse I want to read is, is Revelation 3.19. So this is part of that letter, and it's Jesus speaking. He says, I know all the things you do. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. These are all really good things, and I can see your constant improvement and all of these things. For me, as, as pastor Crosslands, Crosslands, my hope and my wish is that we demonstrate love, faith, service, patient endurance, and that we constantly improve in these things. Here's another parallel that I see, though, for this church to the church in North America, because there was a warning in the next section for, for those who were indulging in sexual permissiveness where it was kind of like there's no restraint. They just kind of followed their sexual appetites and did whatever, but it was also connected somehow to spirituality. And I don't see the second part so much in the Church of North America, but certainly the first, where uh, certain expectations, godly expectations, moral expectations are considered prudish or Victorian. I mean, there are some parts of the North American Church where they're, they're, they're very legalistic about some of these things that are beyond what the Bible says. But generally speaking, in our culture... Sexual permissiveness has, has been rampant, and it has crept into the church. And so there's a warning there. And I'm not going to talk about that warning. I want to get, go to the next section, Revelation 3, verses 24 to 25. And this is what Jesus says to those who have kept themselves pure. He says, but I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who have not followed this false teaching, this, this sexual permissiveness that is tied to uh, spirituality. And you can see in brackets there, deeper truths, as they call them, the depths of Satan, actually Um, So this is talking about those who... He's he's addressing those who have not fallen into that, who have maintained their spiritual purity. He says, I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. It's very similar to what it says in Ephesians. Having done all, stand firm. Hold tight to what you have. The secret of growing in Christ. Part of it is the, the ability to give ground where you need to, and to hold ground where you need to. And I, I think too many times we, we flip it around. We, we are to give ground to Jesus. We are to submit, to sacrifice every single part of our life. And this is an ongoing process. And then the things that we learn, the things that we grow in, we hold on to those and we don't give ground there. And too often we do it the other way around. The things we've learned, we let it go. The positive habits fall to the side. The knowledge we've attained falls to the background. And then then we dabble again in in the things that, or or we have, we struggle to give certain areas of our life to Jesus. So here we are, we're in January 2021, all of us have been on a spiritual journey. Some of us have been in a very profound spiritual journey over the past six, nine months, going through Abide, for example, and we've incorporated new habits into our life, new principles of behavior. New principles of, of understanding and, and habits of learning to hear from Jesus. What have you learned? What do you know? Where have you grown? Whatever you do, hold on to what you have. Don't slip back. It's so easy to let the positive habits slip to the side. Trust me, I know. I've been there. I've been through a Abide. And, and, and you know the, the journaling every day and hearing from God, it's so easy to skip a day, and then it's two days and three days. I, I, I have a journal, and I've, I've journaled more faithfully in the past couple of years than I have in my entire life. Um, but between January 1 and January 7, there was nothing. It's so easy to fall back into the pattern of just going back to the same old. Hold on to what you have. Does it feel like you've done everything? Does it feel like you're at the end of your rope? Then hang on that anchor that's thrown through the veil hang on. If you can't move forward, then having done all, stand. Remember, we're in a spiritual battle. And even when you feel like you're in a holding pattern, that life is on hold, rescue is coming. This is the hope of the good news, is that things will be different one day. And I'm not talking about a vaccine or the economy. I'm talking about Jesus' return. There's a story told of a little girl who had lived her entire life in the city, and... um, she was acclimated to to city lights and street lights. And and one day, uh, one summer, she went to stay with family friends on vacation. And so she's out in the country, and, and on a starlit night, she and her mother went, and they stood looking at the sky, and, and the sky was like just filled with the splendor of the, of the stars, something that you do not see even in the suburbs. You have to kind of go uh, outside the what they call now light pollution, and, and it's, it's unbelievable when you see it. And she's seen this for the first time, and she was just awestruck by the beauty about it. And she said... Mommy, if heaven is is so pretty on the wrong side, I wonder what it looks like on the right side. What a perspective. That what we see now is just a small part, a small portion of what we can expect to see in eternity. So we live in the onslaught. But holding on to that hope gives us leverage over the onslaught when our perspective is eternal. Because of what we know. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Having done all, stand. Even when you're hanging on, stand. Don't lose ground. I'm going to give you an invitation. If you're maybe tuning in, and you don't know how you found your way to the to this link or this service, um, but maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you don't have that ultimate hope. And there's not there's no other opportunity in the world to have that hope. Because every other belief system doesn't have an eternal hope for God's ultimate rescue. It's only in Jesus we find that. And I want to give you an invitation to become a follower of Jesus. We give the invitation every week, but that doesn't give you the excuse to just keep putting it off. Because to, to say, I'll decide later, is to decide no for now. And none of us really knows how much time we have left. So I want to give you the opportunity now to become a follower of Jesus. To, and, and what that means is to, to give your life over to him. So he becomes the decision maker. And it's as simple as ABC. A, admit your need for God. We live in a time where hopelessness runs rampant, but Jesus offers hope to us. B, believe, which is trust in in Jesus as the, the means for relationship with God and means to access God's ultimate hope for us. And C, is commit your life to him, which means that your life is no longer your own. You say no to everything else all your own decision-making capabilities, all your plans, all your agendas, and you say, I'm going to trade that for God's purpose for me. And if this is a decision you want to make today for the first time, best decision you could ever make, I want to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to pray something like this. You can make my words your own or try to repeat them after me. Father in heaven, I thank you that you have a life of hope, ultimate hope for me. I admit that my life on my own without you isn't what it could be. That on my own, I don't have that hope. So today I am believing, I am trusting in Jesus for my hope for today, for my hope for eternity. And I'm choosing to commit myself to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're praying that today for the first time, this is a a whole new spiritual journey, the start of a whole new life. And this is a life that we must live together. There's no lone rangers in God's kingdom. And and I want to encourage you to connect with us as a community. We are a community of followers of Jesus. And the easiest, best way to do that is go to Crosslands.live on your smart device or computer and click the Follow Jesus button. And there's space there to enter your contact info. And send it to us so we can give you next steps. How do we grow? How do we move forward in this journey? Start reading a Bible. Start uh, regularly connecting to a church. And and I would invite you. I'd love to have you participate in Crosslands Church. and, and when we're able to open up again, come in person. This this life of of partnership with the Creator, who made us, is the best life we can live. And many times we we live we live it kind of shallow. It's it's like a piece of our life, not the center of our life. And with that, the, the, that's the reason why we're offering these courses: abide, grow character. For those who took abide, which is how to live in God, how to be fed by Him on a daily basis in your spirit from the inside out, right theres that is life-changing. I've taken the course. uh, It's awesome. Pretty well everybody else that took it starting last July, they said the same thing. And for some people, it's been downright life-changing. If you haven't taken Abide, sign up for it. You can see it on, I think, crossings.live events. Sign up for Abide. Um, we also have grow character. This is sort of a next step. How do I how do I become strong? Now I've learned to hear from God. Now I'm I'm having His input in my daily life. How do I mature? How do I grow strong? How do I deal with some of the baggage that's in my life that just seems to persist? If you want to sign up for for grow character, you have to take abide first. Um, you can't sign up for grow character without abide because abide is a prerequisite. You can't deal with all the other stuff if you haven't let yet learned how to hear from God. And maybe you go, well, I do know how to hear from God. Yeah, but we want all our language to be the same as well. We want to all be on the same page. So you have to sign up for abide and do that first. It's 15 to 17 weeks, depending. Um, and then, and we'll offer grow character again in the future. Sign up today on that. We're, we're coming to the end of the sign-up time. We want to know how mo- what the numbers are, how many groups we need. Um, and and if, you, if you haven't done it yet, please, please do it. It, it will be life-changing. So here we are, beginning of 2021, we're holding on, holding on to what we have, what we've learned, what we've gained, we're partnering with God. Hope means anticipating the end to these negative circumstances, but our ultimate hope is the end to all negative circumstances, which are replaced by the ultimate positive. Ultimately, we understand God will take care of it. In the meantime, hang on to what you have. Having done all, stand. We don't normally do this, but today I want to finish the service. I want to I wanna read a, a verse over you, uh, like a like a promise, like a, a traditional word would be benediction, which simply means a good word. And it's Romans 15 13. It's kind of the theme verse of Crossing's church. So I'm gonna read this verse and then close in prayer. This will actually be the beginning of the prayer. Romans 15 verse 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace, because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Father in heaven, I thank you that you offer hope to us. Even when we feel like we're in a holding pattern, even when we feel like there's no forward momentum, when everything in our lives looks like it's on hold, when yesterday is just the same as the day before, the same as last week, the same as last month, we don't know when the end will come. But we're putting our hope in you. We know that you never fail us. You know that We know that you are good and that you love us. Father, I ask that for each person participating today online would experience this as a manifested reality in their living rooms, in their kitchen, in their bedroom, in their lives this week. That we would be sustained. We would be able to hold on. We will be able to stand without giving ground, holding on to that anchor that's thrown forward. We trust you. We love you. We're counting on you. Thank you for the love, the peace, and the joy that you give to us. Even when circumstances make those things seem impossible, you still come through for us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. been listening to the crosslands church podcast be sure to subscribe on itunes or the google play store so that it comes straight to your device and to find out more about crosslands church you can visit us at crosslands.ca join us next week for another message to help you experience the life with god you've been missing